It's time to make some noise. The most interesting projects for me is something that has context in history. For example, the Look Tesla coil, the pulse jet engine, the turbojet engine, because these are all things that were born wow. from a problem that needed to be solved at a global Good, scale. Anyway. And I think it's when I try start, to do something yeah? on my, on my videos or projects per se, I, mean, I just try to make like the most simple design possible and see it fail. Because once I see it fail, it becomes much more obvious for me what I need to change to improve it. Hi there, welcome back to the SolidWorks Born to Design podcast, a collection of inspiring stories about those who create, build, invent, and engineer new ideas into actual new products. And by the way, they all use SolidWorks. I'm your host, Cliff Medling, and I wanna thank you for joining us for this episode of the Born to Design podcast, Hacking Engineering History with Integza. Today, I'm talking with Joel Gomes, who creates very engaging explanatory videos on topics around engineering, such as rockets, engines, and many other topics. He has a very large following on YouTube, probably due to how hard he works at explaining engineering concepts and building and solving engineering hurdles throughout history. It's a very creative channel, which I suggest you check out. Joel shares some insights into his business and how he approaches problem solving and solving difficult engineering and design problems. So let's jump right into the interview. So let's start with what is Integza and you know, what's the mission? What's your goal there? It's, it's actually pretty simple. So I just really like, there's, there's stuff that I want to see made, like not a stuff per se, but projects, right? So something that I can see by myself. Like, for example, if I wanted to see a 3D printed rocket engine, right, I would search online to see a video on YouTube. If I couldn't find something that satisfies what I want to see, it would give me like the need to make a video. That's how I started on YouTube is literally that. For example, my first video was me trying to explain gyroscopic precession better than uh, another YouTuber, which was a complete fail, by the way, because at the time I had zero experience with anything. Um, and I thought in my arrogance that I could explain it better than the other YouTuber. But it was basically that. It was the fact that uh, there was a need for me for something more that, that was not available on the platform at the time. And I thought I could do a better job. But also, is, is as simple as this. I want to try it by myself. Like, nowadays, is, is as simple as that. If I see something that I find it really interesting and I want to see it happening before my eyes, I try to do the project. And I have fun doing it. Well, that's great. So, so find things that haven't been explained before and that interest you and, and put it out there. Yeah, you've got a lot of great, it seems like a lot of great stuff on rockets, on engines and stuff, but you have a nice creative style. It's it's like uh, something you see on t television, right? On a learning oh, channel and, and stuff. And you, even your animations and stuff are in there. Excellent. Do you do those yourself or? I would say I do 80 to 90% of the animations. When I need something that is more of a storytelling kind of stuff, like for example, in my turbojet engine, the video starts with a small animation of the Wright brothers talking to each other. That's more of like a character animation. I can't really do that. So uh, that I outsource. I find someone on Fiverr, a professional animator, and he does it for me. But when it's technical animations, especially because there's no way I can explain, oh, can you do a, a Sterling engine animation when the animator will have no idea how a Sterling engine uh, works. Right. So it wouldn't really work in that aspect. I kind of had to learn by myself using uh, softwares like After Effects. Right, well, that's great. 
such a wide range of skills. You're very knowledgeable in engineering and concepts, but also very creative to do those animations, which are great. I watched a, a few the other day, but I watched um, the one with uh, Elon Musk explaining wind energy and stuff, and you had a little character. Oh, that's an old one. <laughs> I, it was an old one. Yeah, I, I like to go back and see what was at the beginning, but still, it was uh, it was a nice little animation, nice little touch. Keeps you very engaged and interested, yeah. So when did you start? And tell us about that journey from starting to, to having millions of views now. Oh, it was actually it was a long journey. You said I, I was not uh, around for a long time, but I actually started my channel in 2015, which is six years ago. The thing is that at the start, I started like at a very slow pace because it was just hobby. Like I didn't really thought about this as a career per se. What really started me was the fact that uh, Jerry Seinfeld said something that uh, really resonates with me, which is when he started uh, doing comedy, he didn't really want it to be a famous comedian. He just wanted to be a comedian, like the people that he loved to watch. He wanted to be one of the group, one of them. So as a college student for me, when I wanted to see something interesting, I resorted to YouTube. Like if I wanted to see some cool project that I couldn't make because I didn't have the tools, I, I went to YouTube and I watched it. If I wanted to understand a concept uh, that I needed for college or just because I really wanted to uh, understand it, I went to YouTube and I watched YouTubers. And I kind of, I, it grew on me this fascination by the art of making videos, explaining stuff and making projects. And it got to a point where I just wanted to be one of them. Like one of those guys that can make really cool videos, doing projects and explaining science in the midst of it, all, all revolving around engineering. So it took me a while because I really wanted to start the, the, the channel sooner, but it is that thing in which I procrastinated a lot and I, I let it go until that specific video where I, I really, really thought I could explain the concept better. I couldn't, by the way. And I made a video. And as, as everything else in life, I think, once you do the first one, it kind of, you, you just start making more and more and more until you, you start learning stuff and you make better videos, you make better projects, and you, you kind of uh, fall in love with it. And that's exactly what happened with me. Jerry Seinfeld with the inspiration, that's great. <laughs> so. So you just started making videos explaining what, what you couldn't find and, and it just grew from there. So where, where do you get all of your ideas now? Do people write in? I know you have lots of comments, lots of interest on your site. Where do you, where do you come up with new ideas now? So normally new ideas uh, either come from suggestions or from something that I really, really want to do. And sometimes they combine themselves because someone suggests something. I look into it and I, fell in, I fall in love with, uh, with, uh, with the idea and I want to try it. But yeah, a lot of suggestions. Like for example, the Wankel engine was a suggestion. The rocket engines, uh, like when I started the series was a suggestion because I wasn't really, I really didn't understand rocket engines up until that point. I, I actually thought they were like, I dismissed them be, as an engine because they were lacking um, a, a certain level of complexity. From my point of view at the time, it was just like a tube that had hot gas coming out of, uh, of an end and burning fuel. That was it, right? And that's exactly what it seems for someone that doesn't really look into it. But then you kind of, you fall in love with the complexity they have in simple, basic concepts of, of engineering that can become pretty hard to, to accomplish once you actually try to make them. It's really hard to explain, but uh, yeah. Uh, you, I have suggestions, like for example, I have my Discord server, which basically is a kind of community where people that watch my YouTube channel they, they come around and they talk with me, they post things. We have like uh, separate chat rooms in which they can talk about 3D printing, 3D modeling, video production, 
and projects all around. I, I also have a specific chat room uh, called Video Suggestions, where they just give suggestions. And sometimes I just go around, I start reading them, and if something ca catches my eye, I make a video about it. Yeah, you brought up the the Winkle. Is it Winkle engine? Is it Winkle? Winkle is the rotary Winkle, engine. I think. Yeah, I think I, in the USA is more of a rotary engine than, than rotary Winkle engine. One. Right, right. I remember the what was it? The Mazda RX-7 had a rotary engine. Exactly. But yeah, I, I watched that video. That was that was really interesting. It seems like it it wouldn't work really, but it uh, it's an interesting concept. You explained it well. Also, let's talk about Nikola Tesla. I always see him in the background. I see him on the background of your screen there. So, yeah. is he he uh, some inspiration for you or? Yeah, it's a big inspiration because how, like normally when you have um, big engineers in history or just uh, people that invented something, you normally have people that are, they, they are very technical. What I mean by this is that they are great engineers, but they, they don't really have creativity, like to get uh, to certain concepts, right? What fascinates me about Nikola Tesla is that he was not really trying to find like a, a product to sell. He was not trying to achieve like, one product that would sell and would be very successful. It just had these ideas that he thought it would work and they, he made it happen. Like he had his big success with a three-phase engine, the induction motor. I'm sorry, in Portuguese, we engine and motor are all the same word. Um, but uh, he, he had his big success with a three-phase in induction motor. And, but there, there's so many more. Like I think he has like some kind of record with, with patents because he, he really invented a lot. He had, he had ideas and he tried to make them something, like make them something physical that worked. Not because it would be a commercial success, just because he wanted to see it done. And he was really, really inventive and creative. Uh, one of the biggest examples for me is the Tesla Vol. Like he was trying to solve a problem that it didn't exist, but because the concept itself was so interesting, he devoted a lot of time to it. Um, the Tesla Vol, I, I, I don't know if you're uh, familiar with the concept. No, 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 yeah. So the Tesla valve, what Nikola Tesla was trying to do was to create a one-way valve with zero moving parts, like none whatsoever. So he tried to design this weird geometry in which it would work as a, an electrical diode, but for fluids. So the idea was to create a geometry that in some way would facilitate the flow of a, a fluid in one way, but would make it impossible in the other way, right? With no moving parts, just, just the geometry itself. And the concept itself is, it's brilliant. It's like, it's a great idea. It's unfortunate that doesn't really work, right? So you kind of, you can achieve like um, a certain, like a lower resistance to the flow in one way and a higher resistance in the other way. Like nowadays, you don't really see a lot of applications for, for the Tesla valve, except uh, on microfluidics. But still, like I said, is not after the commercial success, is after the, the interesting idea, the interesting concept in science. That's what really fascinates me about him. I think he's, he's one of a kind in terms of uh, uh, being an inventor in history that got famous, but never really tried to find like commercial success. Right, someone like you, you, you were just wanted to explain things, right? You were just fascinated yeah, I just, with these ideas. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I, I'm lucky nowadays because I have YouTube. YouTube allows me to kind of make a living out of this without having a successful product. I'm not really inventing anything. I just really want to make projects and share them with, uh, with the internet. And I'm really lucky for that. Oh, I, t I totally agree. I, I, my oldest uh, son is in college and I keep saying, I think he learns more off YouTube than he does in, <laughs> at the university because everything he wants to learn, he just goes to YouTube and finds it. So. 
let's talk about so how do you attack this when you come up with an idea or a suggestion your, your videos are so creative and so well thought out you, there's must be some planning that goes along with it because you you're very creative you're very almost i want to say theatrical in your presentation it's very interesting to watch you discuss these things it's not it's not like you're just uh, up there talking explaining and you have a whiteboard you're you're very interesting so you must have some planning that goes with that what, what's that process like oh yeah um Normally when I'm making a video, first I, I choose I choose a project, right? Uh, something that I really want to either, either want to understand or either want to see it made, like a rocket engine, for example. Then I try, I try to create a, a, a story within the video, right? With a beginning, an end, uh, and a middle. Something that makes sense in terms of context. So the most interesting projects for me is something that has context in history. For example, the Tesla coil, the pulse jet engine, the turbojet engine, because these are all things that were born from a problem that needed to be solved at a global scale. And there's always like interesting stories that you find. For example, like you said, uh, I learn a lot on YouTube and sometimes I watch a YouTube video and that YouTube video like talks about something that I, I don't know about and I get curious. So I search for it on Wikipedia. And within Wikipedia is really easy to lose yourself in terms of uh, going on tangents. So I kind of, I, I start with a concept, then I see something, an article on Wikipedia and I search that, what is this? And then what is this? And then when I, I end up with like a thousand tabs on, on, my, on my browser opened up and I have kind of a story on my hands. That works, for example, for the turbojet engine, for the pulse jet engine. You kind of see like these, uh, the, the full picture, the, the, the entire story in the context of history. So I start by, normally my videos start there, like with the, 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 the historical context of the invention. Then what I try to do on the next phase of the video is making a prototype, something that works. I'm not saying I'm gonna do like, for example, if I'm talking about the turbojet engine or the pulse jet engine, I'm not gonna do a proper one probably. But what I wanna do is just like, try to make it and get some sort of, of success, like get it to work. Even if it's like for five seconds, that's the idea because there's a separation on YouTube, since I remember, which is you either have like essay videos where they talk about the history of the things, or you have a project video where people actually do the stuff, do the things they're talking about, right? You never have like a, a mixture of both. And that would be perfect for me because first, the, the, the historical context gets you interested on the thing, right? You kind right. of get, oh, this is pretty cool. I would love to see one of these working. But then you have to search another video to see one working, right? It would be amazing to have a video. Uh, this is me basically in the past thinking about this. Uh, it, would, it would be amazing to have a video in which you have the story of the thing, which gets you interested. And on the same video, you have that person trying to make it and see it working. Because it's like, it's catharsis. It's like in one video, you have the thing that makes you interested and then the catharsis, the thing that you want to see working. So that's basically the structure of my videos. That's how I go around them. Then I have some gimmicks on the videos that I try to make them more interesting. The theatrical part that you talked about, because uh, I know that uh, the attention span of people on the internet is really short. So <laughs> I, try, I try not to, it's not that it's boring. It's just that if you talk about the same thing for more than like, I don't know, 30 seconds, people get bored. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. Because uh, it just, it becomes monotonous, uh, monotone. And 
people kind of uh, fade away from it and don't want to watch it anymore. So I try to uh, intercalate uh, everything that I'm doing with, I don't know, some kind of joke, some silly joke or some gimmick or literally some test. Uh, like, for example, if I'm doing something and it's about, for example, solid rocket engines uh, and I'm talking about the history, I try to, for example, something as simple as testing the propeller if it burns, to see if it burns well. It's really, it's really simple, but it's enough for the people to maintain the attention. I, I, I don't know, but I think most teachers nowadays, they try to do that. Like, you know if you're a teacher and you're talking to, to your class and you're just talking, right? Without writing on the blackboard, without doing anything else. Even if what you're talking about is really interesting for you, you're not able to transfer that uh, feeling of how interesting it is just by talking. And people like to see things happening. They like to see things happening. People talking become boring, boring pretty quickly. They, they want to see something exploding or burning or moving. So it doesn't need to be very complex, but as long as there's something happening, people keep focus. They, they maintain the focus. Uh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah. You remind me a little bit of Mark Rober, right? He, oh, I he wish. Comes a, yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's the same, it's the same idea. He, like, like you said, you're tying in, but he comes up with a, an idea and he walks you through it and builds a product and stuff. I think your approach is a little bit different. I like the fact that you have the historical background to, to gain interest and then you try to create it yourself. So, no, I think your, your style is a lot like his, so, but, but even better in some ways. So I think that's why you do have a lot of interest, right? So, so talk about that. You, you do build, you come up with the idea, you come with, you show the historical background and then you build. What, what, what kind of, you have 3D printers. How do you go through that process? One thing that you should know about me is that I, I have almost zero skills apart from knowing how to 3D model. That's how I got to 3D printing because I'm not good with my hands. I don't really, uh, I'm, I'm not good at building stuff. Um, the only thing that I really know how to do is 3D model. And that I can say I do it, I do it pretty well. I'm, I'm good at it, but I, I've been doing it for eight years. So I'm supposed to know how to do it. Um, <laughs> so because I, I don't really know how to do anything else, I use my 3D modeling uh, with the only other tool that makes the li my life easier, which is 3D printing, because I don't really have to do much. I just have to 3D model the part and 3D print it. So most of my videos will revolve about me trying to make something that shouldn't be 3D printed and 3D printed, like angels, for example. And most of the time, I don't get the best of results, but that's not the point. The point is getting somewhere. The point is making the best of what I have. And what I have is 3D modeling skills and uh, 3D printers. <laughs> right, right. Well, it gets the idea across, right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, how long have you been using SolidWorks for the, is that the whole eight years or? I've been using SolidWorks since 2012, uh, which is about, uh, actually is more than I thought. It, so it would be nine years. Nine yeah. years, right? Yeah, I started. I started in college. Uh, I got. I got fascinated by the fact that I could. Um, you know, when you have an idea for a project and you kind of you tr you start like assembling everything on your head. For me, SolidWorks was like a, a permanent file with uh, all the the ideas that I had and the, the 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 improvements that I made to the idea, and I could just revisit it. Like I could just open a file and see, oh yeah, I made this. Yeah, because the other one didn't work and. So for me, it's just a way of keeping my project somewhere else outside of my head. That, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Keeping your ideas uh, 
even starting the model and, and putting them somewhere, right? Excellent. Exactly. Excellent. I didn't start my career as a YouTuber. I was a mechanical engineer. Okay. I worked I worked for a limb prosthesis manufacturer company. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, actually, for many years, like uh, SolidWorks was my source of making stuff per se. I, I would only make them uh, virtually. But the first thing that I made that I, in which I actually used SolidWorks to basically make the project, design everything, and I actually made it, was when I started working because they needed a CNC machine. And I actually designed the entire machine on SolidWorks. And then I saw it getting built with every material that I chose, every stepper motor, every spindle, everything. And it was one of the is is one of the things that I am most proud of in my life because it was a big moment for me because up until that point everything that I designed on SolidWorks uh, never got built. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it's I, I, we talk often about how this younger generation, you know, they have they all have an iPhone, they all have these products in their lives, but they have no idea how they're being built or how they're being made. So yeah, so it's exciting to come up with an idea and see it being built for the first time. Absolutely. That's, that's a great story. That's great. Yeah. Um, building CNC machines was a part of my job. Another part was actually making uh, 3D printed prostheses. And prostheses is actually a field in which uh, 3D printing and 3D scanning makes a huge impact. Because when you're dealing with a human body, you can't really like use a, um, a caliper to measure things and, and design it right on, on, on a, a 3D software, a CAD software. So with, a, with, with the use of 3D scanning and 3D printing, you can actually get shapes that are very complex from the human body and make them adapt to the human body. So for prosthesis, I would say is one of the best fits in the manufacturing uh, industry. Right, it's, it's, uh, uh, it allows people to customize, exactly. Exactly. Excellent. This is all very interesting. I'm fascinated. I, I love your style of explanatory videos. So I always like to ask, what advice do you have for others in, in our community, like designers and innovators and being innovative? What advice do you have for that? And I know that's a loaded question, so take your time. That's actually a pretty good question. I think what, what I found out, like trying to build stuff and designing stuff is that make mistakes, uh, make a lot of mistakes pretty quickly, because the faster you make mistakes, the faster you like discard bad ideas, because sometimes it's hard to, a lot of people want to sit down and just start 3D modeling the final solution, right? And that's not a good idea. I think the best idea is for you to design something really simple, barely the minimum, the bare minimum for it to work and try it out. Because if you try it out, it's more, much more intuitive for you to get uh, where is it failing? Where is it failing? What you need to change? And that's what I try to do. When I try to do something on my, on my videos or projects per se, I just try to make like the most simple design possible and see it fail. Because once I see it fail, I don't know why, it becomes much more obvious for me what I need to change to improve it. So Joel, talk about your YouTube journey. So it, it, it's interesting because um, first of all, like a lot of people wanna become YouTubers just because they, they like what other people do on YouTube, which is, uh, I, I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but uh, if you wanna go into YouTube, you kinda need to love video production. It's going to become a big part of it. I'm not saying that every single uh, like successful YouTuber has great video quality and production quality. That's not true. What I'm saying is if you don't like video production, whatever you're doing is going to become a nightmare. And I can give you a very simple example. If I need to solder some, uh, some circuit, right? It's, it's something that would take me like 10 minutes in, in general. 
It would take me 10 minutes to do. It's pretty simple. You, you turn on the, the soldering iron and you do it pretty quickly. But if you're a YouTuber and you're making a video about it, it's going to take you like one hour just to do that because you need to record. You need to set up lighting and audio. And if, if you get frustrated with that because you're not used to that kind of stuff, it's going to make your, your life a living hell. And that's, that's my major advice for people that are trying to, to start uh, on YouTube. If you don't like video production, I'm not saying to give up, but reconsider because it's, it's not easy in that, in that aspect. It's just something that if you don't enjoy doing it, it's going to become frustrating pretty quickly. So getting back to how I started on YouTube, I told you the reason why. I'm going to tell you the in between now. So when I started, I, I was good. like posting, posting a video every three months or five months. And I would literally just post a video or make a video when I found something that really like, oh, I need to make a video about this. This is amazing. I need to make a video about this. Then um, what, what really takes for you to go like full dive into YouTube, like becoming a YouTuber is your first success. It's like, is a video that people actually like because it doesn't matter if you love cooking, if nobody eats your food, you're not going to do it full time. You're not going to like spend a lot of time doing it. So I think my first success on YouTube was um, 3D printing a Tesla turbine, which I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with. It's basically another invention from Nikola Tesla in which he tried to make a, a turbine with no blades. It would be a bladeless turbine. It was literally just disks. And he was using a very interesting concept called the boundary layer effect in which by nature, fluids are sticky they stick to solids, right? So instead of using fluids to push blades, it was using the viscosity of fluids to drag the discs. So that was uh, my first success on YouTube. I think in two months, it got about 100,000 views. And that really motivated me because I, I, I was like, oh, maybe I'm doing something right. Maybe finally I'm doing like a decent video. So I, I, I kept on trying to do better. That's when I tried to incorporate the historical content into the videos because I did that in that one and it kind of worked well. So I, like, I slowly started to, to shape and mold my style on YouTube because at the start, what I was trying to do, it was just copy a, a bunch of styles. So I, I was looking at my favorite YouTubers like it was a buffet and I was like, oh, I like this and this. I like the animations and the jokes and uh, the explanations. So I was trying to create this mixture of many styles that eventually become my own style. In that process, I learned a lot of stuff that I'm really happy I did. I learned video editing, which is for me, I, I really enjoy doing it. It's one of my favorite parts on the videos is actually editing the video. Um, animation, which is, is something that always fascinated me. I'm not really like um, a, a great animator in the sense that I, I don't really do great animations, but I kind of learned how to be lazy about it so what I do is I use After Effects and uh, pre-made illustrations, and I move the illustrations in a way that I, I can make the animations that I need. It works really well for simple stuff like, uh, for example, a piston engine and stuff like that. The animations is a big part of why I love uh, learning so much because I would not have learned it un unless I needed it, which I did, so I learned it. Video editing is a big one. 3D modeling, I already knew, but I, it kind of uh, it gave me an excuse to keep on like practicing, making more stuff and more stuff. And the funny thing is that, for example, a CAD software is really loaded most of the time. And what I mean by this is that 
for someone to actually tap into the full potential uh, potential of a CAD software, like for example, SolidWorks, it takes you a long time. Like I've never used uh, uh, equation-driven splines up until I did the Wankel engine because the, there was literally no other way for me to do the, the geometry for the casing of the engine unless I used uh, the equation-driven splines. And it was really interesting because I, I was able to marry like mathematics with 3D modeling and I felt really proud of what I was doing. So yeah, uh, my, my, my YouTube journey is also a learning journey for me. It's, it's funny because for me, I, I don't really know where to point, like the exact video where I actually like, if I watch my old videos now, which, which exactly is the video in which I say, oh, this one. This is where I started like making actually decent videos. Because the thing is, as I progress, like the video that was the one that I was proud of, like uh, a year from now, I'll, I'll say, no, this one is shit. And I'll point more, <laughs> I'll point more ahead. Like this, this is the one. And that's fine. Right. That's fine. Because that means I'm, I'm in some way improving what I'm doing. Well, you definitely are. You have a great style uh, about it. And I, uh, I love your videos. They're excellent. They're excellent. Um, if people haven't uh, seen them already, you should definitely check them out in Texas. Thanks for listening today. I would encourage you to check out Joel's Integza YouTube page. It's I-N-T-E-G-Z-A. I would imagine this community will enjoy his style of explaining difficult problems to solve. Also, if you're looking to connect the industry-leading SOLIDWORKS 3D CAD solution to a fully collaborative cloud-based product development environment, go to SOLIDWORKS.com offers to learn more about SOLIDWORKS on the 3D experience platform. That's SOLIDWORKS.com offers. We'll be back again soon with more great Born Design podcasts stories at SOLIDWORKS.com slash podcast or wherever podcasts are readily available. Until then, keep innovating.